Looking for the best place to buy tickets for any of your favorite teams or sporting events? We've got the spot. Our partner, StubHub, has been the leading ticket marketplace in the world for over 20 years, providing a 100% guarantee with every order. From a worldwide selection of live events, the widest choice of tickets and industry-leading partnerships, StubHub has what you need to purchase with confidence. StubHub, an official partner of The Athletic. Just two guys enjoying the swans. What's better than this, man? Another man. Can't beat it. <laughs> Can't beat it. <laughs> Good morning, sweet world, and welcome to the No Dunks Podcast on the Athletic Network. We're back in the Classic Factory, and it feels so good. It's Wednesday, April 13th. I'm J.E. Skeets, and alongside me, as always, we got Tass Mellis. Ah, uh, feels real good. It feels good to be playing with my uh, my audio knob here again. <laughs> That's great. We got a top shot hot boy right there, rocking the No Dunks t-shirt, Trey Kirby. Ayo! Ayo! The international man of mystery taking it to the max. New haircut. Mm. Same shirt as Trey. <laughs> it's Lee Ellis. Friends. Mm. Mm. Lily, looking sharp, man. Thanks. You took a lot off. Yeah, I did. Well, I took. I did it before the trip because I knew I was going to be doing a lot of snorkeling and seawater oh. and underwater. I never noticed when we were on yeah. the uh, on the yard there. You couldn't tell oh. maybe with the cans on. That's the thing. And uh, yeah, I, I didn't realize until last year how much extra maintenance goes into a trip to the beach when you got long hair. It's not fun. <laughs> it's true. Not fun. <laughs> sure. So trimmed up, look sharp, oh. feel great. Oh, you look great. <laughs> nice to be right back beside you. Thank too. you. Thank you. And speaking of being back from vacation. Super producer, super tanned, JD. Oh, not that tan. Uh, I got to see my dermatologist next week, and uh, he's not going to be happy with me. But yeah. uh, nothing healthy about a tan. That's what they say. No, except you look great. Uh, <laughs> you, look you got a glow to you, though. You I really do. do. That's just the the rest and relaxation you're seeing. Did you uh, consume any of our shows while you were down there? Uh, I well, uh, <laughs> no, he didn't. Uh, I did. I tuned oh, in shit. live. I tuned in live oh, while uh, while I was wa- waiting for my COVID test to oh. come back. <laughs> okay, so that was Sweet. enjoyable. Uh, yeah, I I, yeah. I popped in from time to time. Yeah, he texted me. He did text me and said, "What's up with your elbow?" Yeah, because oh. I showed my oh. bloody elbow, and I, and I texted right back. I said, "Oh, you." You must have been waiting for a COVID <laughs> test because it was the last day you had to find something to do. That's right. I was yeah. like, are these guys even still doing a show? I I don't know. But then I also tuned into No Buffs this morning because I had to watch. Uh, I couldn't watch Survivor while I was down there. Oh, like, wow. I just couldn't get wow. it. Um, I mean, I probably could have, but I didn't try that hard. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I opened Paramount Plus and I was like, hmm, doesn't work here. Oh, well. <laughs> oh, I guess I could get a VPN, but not going to be doing that. Yeah, no. exactly. Uh, so you had a good time, though. Uh, awesome time. Great to be back. Puerto Vallarta is the greatest. Okay. Shout out to the stream team joining us live right now on YouTube. I know you guys are excited. We're back in the Classic Factory. So like the video, subscribe to No Dunks on YouTube, comment away, share the show. Email in your NBA questions to No Dunks at theathletic.com. Keep those cues coming, guys. And before we get into it here, don't forget to check out yesterday's No Breaks. Mm. Yes. Uh, Trey <laughs> and Graydon 
had a very special mm. guest on. It's not Charles, Charles Leclerc. It is Lee Ellis mm. there. Noted petrol head. Noted rev head. Noted Aussie <laughs> head. Noted nanner head. Uh, Lee Ellis. Uh, and uh, I've had a chance to listen to most of this, and it's a really fun episode. So, Lee, uh, you knocked it out of the park. You were great. Well, you know, I said to Trey on the show, anytime I get a chance to brag or boast about Melbourne doing mm. something, you know I'm going to flex those muscles pretty hard. So uh, I had to do it. I had to step in. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Trey and Graydon know their stuff, and I yeah. was sort of watching from the uh, outsides, but uh, managed to uh, have some fun too with the boys. So check out No Breaks that dropped yesterday, and No Breaks does have its own YouTube feed and podcast feed. Okay, tons to get to here. We had two yes. games, two really entertaining games last night, the first two playing games to discuss. Then later on in this show, we'll get to doing a little deep dive and making our predictions for some of the Eastern Conference series because, well, we now know it's... Celtics versus Nets. We'll touch on that one and we'll make our predictions for the other two that we know being the Bucks and Bulls and the Sixers and the Raptors. But uh we start in the target center. Uh Tass, what what a insane game. I don't even I'm, I'm fascinated to find out or l- learn where you even want to start with this one, but the Wolves defeat the Clippers 109-104 as they get the 7th seed and will go on to face the Grizzlies. Where, where where do you start with this crazy game? Definitely not starting with the officiating despite okay. it, despite it taking as long as a baseball game oh, out there. Oh, uh, 3 it, hours, man. Yeah, but hey, hey, that's how it just reminds you how good we have it on a night-to-night basis when a regular game takes two and a half and this was a long one. I'm starting with Carl Anthony Towns because the Clippers did such a good job, such a good job of just taking him out of his flow. They start Nick Batum on him and just sending that double. But they did a good job of taking him out of the game, but he also did a good job of taking himself out of the game. We we called this on Monday's podcast. He got frustrated. It's exactly what we talked about happening. Is this the game that he grows and decides, you know, to play within himself? And he did it for a little bit, but then just the the bad fouls, (laughs) you know, the hook to Robert Covington, and then uh, his fifth foul where he plowed into two smaller players on the same play, like not once, but twice. Of course they're going to just flop on you. And then going over the back of Paul George to foul out. Yeah. Uh, early in the fourth quarter when it looked like he may be getting it going. Uh, kudos, I think, to Wolves head coach Chris Finch for not using his challenge on any of those Carl Anthony Towns plays. Maybe we need to keep our star in a game. He didn't panic whatsoever. He fouled out. The Wolves recover. How the hell did they recover with their all-star, all-NBA guy out of the game? Well, I mean, resiliency? <laughs> I think that's the first thing. It looked like this team could just fall apart against the more veteran team or the more experienced team uh, with the Clippers. Uh, but I think the two big shots at the end of the first quarter, the end of the third quarter, they had two buzzer-beating threes yeah. that kept them in the game. Both times it was a nine-point deficit, uh, but two role players, Jalen Noel in the first and then Malik Beasley in the third, made it a six-point game. That just held them together. And really, besides the resiliency, some pure star shot-making. That's what it was. I, I, D'Angelo Russell, he had a huge 14-point second quarter. Again, when it felt like maybe the Clippers are going to extend this lead, Russell, 5-for-5 five five in the second quarter, keeping this team close to the uh, to the Clippers. He ended with 29 points. He hit a huge wide-open jumper with about four minutes left in the fourth uh, to really give the, uh, so the Wolves a little bit of breathing room. And then Anthony Edwards, man. 30 points, 5'11 from three, 20-year-old that we talk about. Is this his team? We talked about earlier in the season. I mean, who cares really right now? It's just a combo of him and D'Angelo Russell doing it. Uh, And I say star uh, shots because just guys in his face at the three-point line willing to be comfortable and just take these threes and hit him. Again, 5'11 from three, just 21 shots, they get 30 points. 
so impressive, and he got a dunk with four minutes left that, uh, unfortunately for the Clippers, they had just one big malfunction there where you can't have a breakaway. Like in a half-court set, it was a, it was a jump ball scenario, and the Wolves won the jump ball, and Anthony Edwards just got a free lane, yeah. and that mm-hmm. shouldn't happen. I mean, I think part of it is Norman Powell just came back, and he got crossed up with Reggie Jackson, and, and I think just the, the lack of experience of Norman Powell uh, kind of just screwed them up right there, right then and there, and I think that's what happened there. But a huge moment for Minnesota right there. Obviously, Patrick Beverly, he had seven points in this game. felt like he had 100. He had 11, point, 11 rebounds, and he had about 100 flops, I think, in this game. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, his leadership to, to help stem the tide as it felt like Paul George was going to take over in the third quarter. He had a 17-point third quarter, six-point lead going into the fourth. But Beverly, alongside those other dudes in Edwards and Russell, uh, who were taking turns there in the fourth, just stemmed the tide. And then an explosion of a celebration oh to, my to God. end this game. Good for them. Yeah, of course. I know. There I mean, you, a lot can of still, you can still laugh at it, but yeah. Yeah. yeah, it was amazing. They made the playoffs. Yeah. Good for them. Uh, it was, yeah, I don't care. Like, uh, people making fun of Beverly that he threw his jersey into the crowd. <laughs> I mean, we had two guys jump up on tables. <laughs> that was awesome. Beverly yeah. and Anthony Edwards. Wasn't it awesome? like, just enjoy it. Everybody enjoyed Anthony it. Anthony Edwards wasn't sure if he should lift his shirt or not. He sort of was like, are we doing that? Are we really doing that? <laughs> Patrick Beverly was just walking around like they had won the championship. Oh, but yeah. That's the thing with Patrick Beverly. You get all the experience. You can't pick and choose which part you want because he had three fouls in the first quarter. So yeah. dumb, <laughs> dumb that third one in particular. Yeah. And this is, again, like we talked about, you've got a veteran who's supposed to bring that experience and tenacity doing dumb stuff at the start of the game when they were down, but they managed to overcome that. And then you get the best of Patrick Beverly. Yeah, they don't win this game without him. No, of course not. Not even close. No, yeah. but, but he also sort of gave the Clippers big chance there to build that yeah. lead in the first quarter so I thought overall this was a fantastically well managed game by Chris Finch as, as Tass mentioned there he didn't seem to panic at any point he didn't and I think he saw some of those offensive fouls and thought Carl you can't barrel through one guy you got away and then just barrel through and then he was like completely shocked in the Tim Duncan way like what that a me how could that be a foul on me so I think overall you know him being off the floor you know we've talked about D'Angelo Russell at times like taking those shots when he should be giving them to sure. to Carl well when Towns is not out there Russell's like well I may as well take it. he hit that huge three where he stepped into it late which uh, I think put them up five I think it was there uh, or maybe he's only one anyway well, whatever he had, it was he had a couple big three pointers he, in the he final did couple yeah, minutes, yeah. Uh, and he and he really stepped up the moment and then Anthony Edwards that dunk at the end I think really was what like sealed it because he got off to a great start went a little bit slow and then at the end came up big so this is massive for the Minnesota Simples franchise they're through they're safe you know they don't have to worry about the Grizzlies right now let's just enjoy this moment because well, they have, uh, I think the parade scheduled yeah, for yeah, later today or maybe well, it's tomorrow because when they're amazing <laughs> but Play when they were great. down 10 in the fourth quarter it felt like yep they're going to blow it and now they're going to have to yeah. beat either the, the, the Pelicans or the Spurs but they instead showed incredible resilience to get this win so uh, very very impress- impressive performance by Minnesota yeah. Clippers are up 10 with about 9 minutes to go and then Carl Anthony Towns fouls out not long after that at just 11 points and yeah, you're looking at this going oh my god and D'Angelo Russell I mean, we talked about, again, this was something we talked about going into the game. What a wild card. Because you're like, well, you're getting good Russell, you're getting bad Russell. You saw both in this game. He was garbage in the first quarter. He looked totally, like, afraid of the moment. It was, like, bad turnovers. Nothing was falling. It was like, uh uh-oh. And then just from there on out, really, the second, third, and fourth quarters was amazing. And you have to wonder, Trey, was the best thing that happened to the Wolves, at least last night, 
town fouling out. 100% I think it was. Uh, the, the difference in poise between D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards and Carl Anthony Towns last night was kind of the difference. It felt like Ty Lue had an absolutely perfect game plan for when Carl yep. Anthony Towns was in. And then when he was out, I was like, oh, oh. We don't have one guy just short-circuiting everything. Everybody's taking turns, making plays. I thought it was super impressive. D'Angelo Russell's told us for his entire career, I got ice in my veins. He showed it last night. Anthony Edwards, though, this is his first huge moment, mm-hmm. completely unfazed by the moment. So if you're a Timberwolves fan, to see him step up in a game like that when you absolutely needed him was super impressive because coming into this, you would say, all right, the Clippers, they've got a ton of experience. They've been to multiple playoff series together. They went to the conference finals together. Basically, everybody in the rotation has playoff experience at this point for him. So having a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter, the all-NBA opponent goes out. It seemed like that that's the game right there. Yeah. But obviously it wasn't because, you know, the Timberwolves were just able to get back on track, a large part because of Chris Finch, a large part because of Russell and Edwards. And then the crowd never let him give up. I mean, that would have been very easy to just be completely silent yeah. and be like, oh my goodness, we our season is going down the drain here. We're completely blowing it. Everything that you wished wouldn't happen has happened with Towns playing the way he did, but they were able to turn it around. So that was super impressive. And I love the way that D'Angelo Russell, literally everybody else is partying. He's like, yeah, we were supposed to win this game. Yeah, We shouldn't have even had to play in the play-in tournament. We should have just been the seventh seed. True. We took care of business. He definitely did. Incredible leadership from Russell last night. Yeah, and just enjoying the celebration, sort of the, the juxtaposition of, Patrick Beverly going nuts. <laughs> mm-hmm. Anthony Edwards, yeah, kind of caught in the middle. What am I gonna yeah, do? Yeah. And D'Angelo Russell, stone face. I mean, we just had we had it all. Yeah. I mean, this really for the NBA uh, opening night of this playing tournament could not have gone any better. Mm. I yeah, mean, the refs yeah. the refs were a little bit too much of a story. Oh, we God. it was unfortunate we saw Joe Borgia, though. Yeah, his I hair his retired. hair looking good. I thought he'd retired. Joe yeah. Borgia. he comes out for the play-ins. He only turns up. <laughs> Big game oh, Borgia. Man, did we? I, I I tweeted it. at one point. It felt like Scott Foster and Ed Malloy were trying to one up each other. Wow. I was watching them at times like they were like trying to be first to the call. Like they were like, I got this one, Ed. No, Scott, I got this one. Let me take this one. Uh, because well, think- yeah, that, and because and the thing is, it sort of went. I guess the one good thing about the bad officiating in this game is like both teams were getting like dinged for everything totally. but it was weird oh, like at God. times nothing was being called then everything was being called and they were I get it they were trying to grab some control of the game probably because the, the emotions in the target center and you've got Beverly and you've got some <laughs> feisty guys on the Clippers too it's a lot I, I mean I get it but those two guys Foster and Malloy they just <laughs> love the spotlight that's the thing they're like oh, this man. is my play in the game, double baby. tech the double ah. tech was hilarious and that was when you could tell like you are going to too crazy here because I think it was Ed Malloy right it was was and I mean like honestly it was Morris and Beverly you kind of got to do something there because they'll just start punching each other if you let (laughs) if you let it go I mean it was was just a touch it was a touch this was touch hack touch hack hack. I mean it was all on Beverly for sure so but like I mean first quarter you're like boop that's definitely a double tech they don't go back and review it I don't think they review yeah but Ed Malloy looked he's like oh oh man even Ed Malloy knew in that yeah. moment. Oh, yeah. A little too much Malloy right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah because, because Beverly yeah. is yeah. like, He's oh, waving I, got, I got you, man. <laughs> yeah. I got you. That's your second. You're out of here. Yeah. Waving. Get out yeah. of here. He's waving. And then Paul George ends up shooting a free throw. The only free throw out of that went to Paul George, which is, which is yeah. weird. But, but that's where the refs at least, I think, made the 
right decision to not eject Morris, even though he <laughs> right. called it. Right. Yeah. That's we've seen sometimes <laughs> yeah. where it's like you've got to be able to in the moment say, okay, that's too much. He doesn't deserve to be yeah, ejected. Yeah, because Ed Malloy gets caught exactly. up in yeah. being Ed Malloy. <laughs> this is why. This is why as well. It calling early text when it happens in games, you can sometimes put yourself in a difficult spot sure. because he just walked in and went straight away like Reggie. Let him know about it on the cause. Yeah, you Reggie was all. Yeah, you called double tech. And then it was like a hostile act. That'll save us. And, and Borgia came in as well. Yeah, <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He got it right. He got it right. <laughs> I think a winner in all this is Tom Washington, the third referee. <laughs> I don't even know Tom Washington's no. name generally, but you know the the Molloy and, and Foster factor really elevated the name of Tom Washington because he got in on the calls as well. I think I think at the, I think at the beginning of the game, I, I know we've talked about. Carl Anthony Towns and his drives to the hoop, and I, I called him like an elegant. Uh, he he does it he does it well, but I think as Trey has said, it ain't that elegant. And I think the the fouls on him were all, and him getting foul calls, him giving foul calls. I, I think you you saw him flop. I mean, it just. He was flustered, man. It was too much. It was too much. So the so the refs, yeah, started jumping on everything, and then they just couldn't stop. It was a snowball effect. Like every little yeah. bump, it felt like yeah. uh, was a whistle in this game. But yes, uh, the the fact that Carl uh, Anthony Towns was a minus fourteen in mm. his minutes, and they were able to overcome that in the fourth quarter with going against a really tiny lineup. Uh, yeah, it, it helped. Um, I, I think the Wolves just. They were able to go at that rim, number one. They got an offensive rebound from Nas Reed for a putback, which was really, really big. Uh, so they, they were comfortable going at that rim. And, and you know, Ty Lue's taking probably a little bit of heat uh, for not playing, whether it's Zubats or Hartenstein late. Uh, but that offense was working really well with five out for a bit. Yeah. Uh, but they just... Yeah, they they made some mistakes down the stretch, but I th- I think you can't underestimate the crowd and how that really helps just keep them in this game. Yeah, and again, the the crowd like they haven't had a lot of big games, obviously in Minnesota over the last what seventeen years, whatever it is. But Patrick Beverly is a big part of that too, like mm-hmm. you know, and, and even Paul George, I mean, he played with Patrick Beverly. Said after the game, what Beverly is doing, he's talking about here, it's for the crowd. It gets the crowd involved. He said, Paul George, I love it. I miss it. He did it on our side because it's contagious. I think when he's in that mode, it ignites, ignites the team, it ignites the arena, and you need energy guys like that. And he is the mm-hmm. literally the definition of yeah. uh, an energy guy. <laughs> and, uh, he's cool. like he, people were saying last night on Twitter, it's like he is like a wrestler. <laughs> yeah. They call into the crowd, like being a heel yeah. or, or, or the baby face, at least in the right arena. Yeah. And look, it was still a six-point game with 30 seconds to go. It, it's fairly safe, but it's not over. Yeah. We've seen crazy stuff and Paul George hits a three as well gets it back to within four points there it's like oh Patrick Beverly if if you somehow get this to overtime and lose the game it'll be bad for him but that is again the whole Patrick Beverly experience because you saw him talking trash to the bench and then had a huge embrace with Marcus Morris as well in like literally in the same moment there so he's like he's talking trash but also hugging you up and uh, you see him stomping around the court like that you think he's gonna do something to someone here and get the wrong person but he didn't so he survives. I can't believe we've gone this long without talking about the incident that we had in this game, uh, which was crazy because the timing of it all, too. This is uh, in the first half. Cat picked up his fourth foul with like a little under four minutes to go in the half. So the Clippers are up at this point. They're up 45-38. And then about a minute later, we get a delay because a woman from the crowd has sneaked onto the court or come onto the floor during a dead ball at the one end and glued her hand, super glued <laughs> her hand, 
Super glue? Well, I would assume so. I I, just I, straight uh, up Elmer's? Like, <laughs> like I, elementary glue? It's uh, gotta yeah, be super glue. I think it was Elmer's. Yeah. The residue that it left there, the I mark. Mean, great photo from John yeah, Krasinski who I, got right funny. over top. I, yeah, it looked white to me. Yeah. I get you, but doesn't it have to be? So- okay, anyway, she glues her hand to the hardwood <laughs> nah, along the baseline. Okay, she's an animal rights, uh, you know, uh, protester here. This is something that happened in this I game. Know. It's almost sort of forgotten about at this point. But the wolves took advantage of this little pause because Russell came back. He hit two floaters, hit a three, and then... You know, they went into the breakup too. Like uh, the glue girl, glue lady, whatever you want to call her, helped <laughs> oddly help Minnesota get back in this game, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, as Kevin Harlan was on the call, he thought someone sort of had, had slipped or fallen or something yeah. like that, and they were trying to help her off. Uh, that wasn't the case. And then they realized, like, she was right, or they thought she was writing something. Ali LaForce comes in and said, yeah, that's no, right. she's gluing her hand. And you're like, what? 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 <laughs> what is that? What is that? Right. Mean? So she's, uh, and she had something on her, on her t shirt, basically protesting Glenn Taylor's from what I can tell, like egg farm, which reportedly killed like 5 million birds, chickens because of, yeah, because of a flu. Uh, They do it like ventilation shutdown and stuff like that. They're basically like just mass killing them because they have the flu. So that's what they, that's what she is protesting and, uh, I just talked about it, so I guess uh, and, and mission accomplished. Yeah, mission yeah. accomplished there for the animal uh, rights protest. But insane incident. So uh, you're saying Reggie was wrong when he said that she was writing Baconator on the floor? <laughs> oh, that was a little weird. <laughs> she was probably writing Baconator on the floor. Yeah. That was okay. strange. Uh, all I could think when I saw this was. Next pick and payoff. <laughs> Somebody's got to glue their hand <laughs> on the table for a whole show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you it's don't not very exciting, for that, though, but yeah. it'd be very funny to have your hand glued to the table for an uh, hour and a half. Yeah. Um, any yes. other any other <laughs> notes about this game uh, or any other players that the Wolves had? I mean, like, look, we talked up Anthony Edwards, D'Angelo Russell. I'm glad you brought in Nas Reed. I thought he played really yeah, well down the good, stretch yeah. there. Yeah. Uh, and and big shots like you said from some of these other guys anything else Lee well only Nasri did finish plus 17 and yeah. I thought he realised like he was their last big remaining he just had to compete and contest and keep some balls alive and I thought uh, he did a decent job of that like his box score is certainly not going to blow you away but his presence was there and it yeah. was felt and he's so, played great all season he has you know, he has he's, he's been a very good player for them and, and Chris Finch I mean he did play basically play eight guys which is which is important I think I mean we talk a lot that you got to tighten your rotation but he got 20 plus minutes out of three guys off the bench and uh, that's going to be important they now go going against uh, the Grizzlies. It's going to be a good series. I'm looking forward to it because Grizzlies are probably going to be, the, well, they are the favorite, but uh, I expect this one to be a pretty, you know, uh, this is going to be a battle, I think. should what, be fun. What's the over-under on the number of yeah. techs, <laughs> oh, I guess, oh. in this series? Let, let's talk a little bit, just first thoughts yeah. on Wolves-Grizzlies. Uh, game one in Memphis on Saturday uh, afternoon. Yeah, what do you what do you set the line at? Because we have Beverly and you know yeah. Beverly versus John Morant. You know he's going to get a lot of that matchup. I mean Dylan Brooks going to be in this. Uh, Anthony Edwards, maybe Russell. Like, yeah, <laughs> like he's sort of Anthony. Uh, excuse me, Patrick Beverly light mm-hmm. uh, in, in some regards. It's going to be nuts this one. Yeah. And then both crowds are going to be amazing. It's going to be wild. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if Patrick Beverly can show any sort of control, though, because if he does get into these things where he's getting tech fouls early and maybe getting fouls, it didn't cost him in the end last night, but it certainly could in another game. And so, you know, this is a series. It's not win or go home in this sense like it was there last yeah. night. But you know he's going to want that Jar Morant battle, that matchup. It's just whether or not he can actually show any sort of control. Because I thought that was the thing. I was going back to what we said in the first quarter. You want a veteran to at least know there's a line somewhere, certainly early on in the game. You know, and he can't seem to do that. 
So it, that may be something that um, the, the Grizzlies try to also exploit. Like someone get – Dylan Brooks is a great oh, – get under geez. Patrick Beverly's skin. Yeah. Get him in foul <laughs> trouble. Get tech fouls on him. Get him off the sort of floor if you can because then that takes away their most tenacious defender yeah. of, of Ja Morant. But Grizzlies, you know, they're going to spread the floor. They've got three-point shooters. They're not going to – it's not like they rely solely on Ja Morant. They've played very, very well without yeah. him. So even if he is taken out of the game somewhat – the Grizzlies are going to feel pretty good still. But you think this is going to be a competitive series? I think so, yeah. yeah. I don't see a sweep or anything like that. I yeah. think it's going to be pretty tight. You agree with yeah, that? I can't wait. Uh, I, I think there's going to be lots of extracurriculars, obviously. Yeah. Uh, the last time that they played, it was in Memphis. John Morant's dad, uh, Ja Jackin with uh, D'Angelo Russell. And D'Angelo Russell and Anthony Edwards, they have got an advantage, I think, uh, on the perimeter. Uh, you know, Ja's got to guard somebody. Uh, and then it's you know Desmond Bain or Dylan Brooks out there. I think they those two dudes, and it showed in their last game. Uh, John Moran, I'm sorry, uh, uh, D'Angelo Russell had 37 points and eight assists and was able to end this game. It was a lot like what happened with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. Carl Anthony Towns did not have a good game, and D'Angelo Russell was able to to just be him. So I know we sort of ride this D'Angelo Russell roller coaster, but. I don't know, the way he was so calm. Yeah. I, th- I think the the Wolves have got to feel good going in along with Anthony Edwards beside him. Those two dudes, along with, yeah, a resilient bunch, and Carlton Towns has to play a heck of a lot better, I oh, think. Oh, big time. I think we're sitting here. Does he have to have, like, a really, like, at least solid game one to you? Uh, and, and will he? Because he probably won't be going up against, like, a really small mobile forward, like we saw with the Clippers and what Ty, Ty yeah. Lue did. It will be, be Steven you know, Adams. Yeah, Steven Adams. Guarding him one-on-one. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's just has to, I can't believe they won this game. When it comes, yeah. to, yeah. When it comes yeah. down to him scoring 11 points, yeah. being a minus 14 Playing out there. Playing 25 minutes. Whatever. Yeah, and, and, and really besides uh, Anthony Edwards and D'Angelo Russell, not incredible performances from basically anybody else. I mean, they have one other guy in double digits in Malik Beasley. Uh, so uh, I, I think the Wolves have to feel really, really good. Obviously, the Grizzlies feel incredibly great as well uh, but um, yeah I think it, it does help yeah Timberwolves uh, going up against a Grizzlies team that does play a, a center yeah uh, right. that helps uh, first thoughts on on Grizz Wolves here as we uh, get ready on Saturday this is the sicko series here yeah it probably will weirdly be on NBA TV since you know it is the Memphis mm. Grizzlies and the Minnesota Timberwolves but both of these teams were kind of everybody's second favorite team for a big chunk of this season they both talk a lot of trash, so on, like keeping emotions in check is going to be huge. Beverly is able to play with that edge, as we saw last night. He had a bad first half, but he contributed in the second half. Mm-hmm. Towns wasn't able to play with that mm. edge. He was being a Patrick Beverly out there, but he was just never able to get back on track and get be able to contribute to a, to a winning cause there. So, I mean, I think it goes the other way for the Grizzlies as well. You know that Patrick Beverly is going to try something with John Morant. And when that happens, like Steven Adams needs to step in and be like, it's over. This is we're not having an actual fight here because I'm Steven Adams, and I think that that's that's an advantage for the Grizzlies because both of these teams play with a ton of edge and a ton of physicality. Yeah. So whoever's able to keep their heads is probably going to be at a little bit of an advantage here. And I mean, if you're the Wolves, you have to feel like we've got a little bit of momentum. You know, the Grizzlies are going to be getting back their All NBA guy and John ja Morant, which will throw a wrench into things. Just having to adjust to playing that style once again, whereas. The Timberwolves are coming off an unexpected win, though they kind of expected it. They're still, you know, they got to be riding a high a little bit here. So I wouldn't be totally surprised to see Minnesota take game one. Yeah, the officiating, I think, is going to be huge in this series, too, just in the sense, like, these teams are chatty. They play aggressive. Like, uh, you know, they're going to get up under you. And 
what will those three officials on that given night allow mm. and try and like nip in the bud early and or let them play because it's a playoff series you know it's 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 going to have an impact for sure it won't be the last time i think that we're talking about mm. officials unfortunately what's the over series. under on uh, how many guys steven adams will lift off the ground yeah. in the series yeah. three and a half i would say <laughs> yeah. at one time or yeah, possibly yeah. yeah 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 we were there in person when tony bradley of the chicago bulls <laughs> tony. got into the face of john morant so steven adams had to take him away uh, uh, walked him back to Chicago. I know. If he hugs Patrick Beverly, I, oh, it's not going to end well. No, no, no. Well, like a toddler at the, uh, at, you know, <laughs> at a playground, and the parents like, "Come on, we got to go." <laughs> Put uh, him over the shoulder. We're going down to the fortress tonight. Mm. Tickets have been secured. We're going to go watch uh, the Hornets Hawks. But I got to be honest. As soon as I saw the Wolves wrap up this victory, I was like, "Hmm." Do we make the trip back to Memphis sure, for some Timberwolves Grizzlies action? Probably not going to happen, you know, for games one or two, but. If the series goes, you know, to a game five, mm, that's game yeah. seven. Hey, I'm just saying, I'm just saying. Uh, later in the show, too, because the Wolves are in the playoffs, Trey is going to bless us with his rendition of, well, the Werewolves of London, but the Timberwolves of Minnesota. Yeah, unfortunately, my electric guitar pulling a little bit of a Carl Anthony Towns oh. this morning. Oh, no. <laughs> Completely broke down. <laughs> but luckily, JD came through with an acoustic, so oh, stick wow. around a little bit later. We'll get our lighters out, Yeah, exactly. Thanks. Okay, yeah. great. Uh, we got to talk about the other game from last night. The Nets defeat the Cavs 115-108. Cleveland stuck around, Lee. They made a game of it, um, but where do you want to start? Well, again, if you look at the box score of this, Cleveland won three quarters of this game, but they got themselves in such a hole in that first quarter. 40 to 20. Exactly, and they were kind of digging themselves out, and they didn't have that margin for error in this game, I thought. They had to be pretty much perfect, because we found out just before the game, Jared Allen wasn't going to be playing, which was going to hurt. We sort of thought he probably wouldn't, but it was confirmed that he wasn't going to play. So that hurt their depth and their size inside. And then they withstood an almost perfect night from Kyrie Irving, who was just on fire shooting the ball. And then Kevin Durant, I actually think Kevin Durant was the player of the game because he yeah. was just so controlled. He hit the huge three late. He hit a couple of those mid-ranges as well. Oh, those 16-foot jumpers in your eye. What exactly. Are you do? And just as the Cavs, the Cavs had a chance to get this to within a possession or two. I think they got it down to five, in fact, in that fourth quarter. But you could just see the difference is, hey, who's on your team? Is it Kevin Durant or Kyrie Irving? No, it's other guys like a Karis LeVert. Darius Garland was good. Um, Markinen hit a couple of shots in the fourth, but he wasn't doing a whole lot outside of that. And then defensively, you saw... Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton just throwing some easy lobs there at the end, which just gave... Because there's so much attention put exactly, on yeah. Kyrie and KD that it at times felt like it was Bruce Brown and Nick Claxton playing one other Cavs player. Yeah. Just so much more to room on. And credit to Bruce Brown. He basically was Draymond Green in that game. He, he, he was. He was smart enough yeah. to realize, like, there's the advantage. And I think early on as well, you saw, like, in, in a playoff-style game, you saw intensity on the defensive end from the Brooklyn Nets. We've, we've questioned their vulnerability at that end. Kevin Durant blocking shots, contesting shots, just making it, not giving up any easy baskets. They were crashing the boards a little bit more. And I think that you saw Evan Mobley and, again, Markinen not quite physically engaged at that end it was more they were sort of overpowered a little bit so that wasn't good but in that second quarter after the initial first burst that 40 to 20 quarter in the first quarter Cleveland had a a real opportunity in the second quarter Brooklyn couldn't score they had eight points through about eight minutes they had seven turnovers as well yeah. everyone was stepping on the line like four oh guys stepped God. on the line last night it was which, wild back to back possessions yeah. like Curry and Mills stepping yeah. on the sidelines and then yeah Drummond uh, like a minute later and then was... someone for Cleveland I think it was Garland as well did yeah. for Cleveland so they had their chances here but they just didn't they lacked that sort of quality finish 
And I think that was the real difference here. Kevin Durant, as we mentioned, he came down and said, all right, I'll just hit these mid-rangers just to keep us ahead, a couple of possessions, and that was enough. So I thought overall a decent performance from Cleveland, bad start. They made up for it, but they just couldn't get over the line. And, and you just saw Kevin Durant, playoff Kevin Durant is just a, an incredible species. And if Kyrie Irving can play like he did last <laughs> night, oh then this is going to be an incredible series against the Boston Celtics. Yeah, 2-7 matchup, Boston and Brooklyn. The, the Cavs, Tass, your boys, you know, a they crazy fought. season. They fought. They did get back into it. Uh, and they have one more chance. They're obviously going to be taking on the uh, the winner of tonight's Hornets-Hawks game. Uh, but what do you think of this one? And you said the other day, maybe Jared Allen is waiting for this second game. I, at a play I almost, I mean, look, I have no <laughs> intel on this. Yeah. If I'm a betting man, I think he plays. Yeah, I think I so. I think he plays too. on Friday night. He was warming up in the background. They went to Greenberg, obviously, for like his hit from the floor back to the studio. And you saw Jared Allen back there, you know, with the ball in his hands. <laughs> from and, Jared to Jared. I mean, it's like, it's, it is like, it's his non shooting hand. I mean, the, Jared, well, that, he should, he's playing. tough. He's, he's going to play. I, well, yeah, yeah, I, agree. I, I should play. I thought I he was going to play in this game because I got fooled by the footage, you know, watching yeah. it from my, my couch as well. Yeah, it is strange. It's his offhand. He said it's the the defensive end where it's the yeah, problem that but, he could yeah. injure his hand. Yeah, it's strange. It's strange. But maybe he is waiting for the second game of the play in tournament where I, I, they are playing at home and they're the favorite, whoever they play, the, the Hawks or the Hornets, because they showed that they are a resilient bunch. They made a, some mistakes in that first quarter. To go down 40-20 just really, really hurt. Uh, they, they, I think they got a little too cute with the defense at times. They, they switched from a zone to a man-to-man within the same possession, and then that, they got uh, a Bruce Brown three in their eye because of it uh, but the Nets just yeah they they showed up <laughs> and they they really showed up with that D in the first quarter uh, Kevin Durant didn't take a shot until the the 730 mark of that first quarter uh, he said his friends don't know that he's a playmaker and uh, he proved it <laughs> oh, to them hang on a minute so his best skill is not wow. scoring. Yes. Wow. It's, it's a really it's a real LeBron in the reverse. Yeah. That's the exact reverse. He said coming into this game, I've been making plays, been setting guys up for years. Even my buddies don't know. And uh, yeah. <laughs> even my buddies yeah. don't know is a great uh, way to put it. Yeah. Uh, hey, listen. Uh, eleven assists in this game and yeah, and but closed it out, awesome. obviously. Uh, but yeah, he was he, was, he took a backseat and it's an amazing thing just to watch Drummond and Bruce Brown to start this game. They were the guys making plays. Yeah. And then, yeah, obviously Kyrie started in his flow. Uh, so, And then the second quarter where I'm sure they were saying to Ben Simmons, look, you could be out there right here, right now, leading this second unit at least, maybe. Uh, but, uh, I mean, that's a real, real tough task to ask him. But, yeah, that, that second quarter stint where the Cavs were able to get back in this game and they couldn't score – it was you know, Dragic and Kyrie Irving uh, in the backcourt. Ben Simmons could be big <laughs> if he yeah. could, if he could play those minutes. And we'll get to the Boston Celtics breakdown. He, he could be even bigger on the defensive, and that's where they're going to need him. Uh, but yeah, it's just such a huge hole for the Cavs to get down. Uh, and I, I, again, the Nets were, were destroying them offensively, fifty nine percent to thirty five percent in that first half. Six blocks to two blocks. You don't think of the Nets as, as blocking shots much, but yeah, Kevin Durant really bringing that huge block of marking in. Oh yeah, it oh, just shows. And awesome then he blocked defense, Garland, yeah. and I think both of those blocks led to points in transition mm. for the Nets too. So it was, uh, you know, not only did you stop them on one end, it just led to a basket on the other end. He was amazing. He played great. You're right. I don't. I mean, Kyrie went. What did he start? Nine for nine. Yep. Yeah, twelve fifteen overall. 10 10, I mean, they hit. Oh, nine for nine in the first half. Nine for nine for the first half. That's right. And then ten for ten. Um, and he hit that shot at the end of the first half where it was mm-hmm. like, he received the ball at half with like four seconds to go. He got doubled. Karis Levert. I mean, a soft double from Mobley, and then 
hits like this fading fadeaway jumper in front of his own bench and just like ran to the locker room uh i mean it was he was just one of those nights where it's like every shot he's taking is going in like he was hitting tough shots um so what do you do but are the celtics looking at this trade going okay it's Kyrie and kd and then yeah. and, and then it's I mean, Bruce Brown did have a good game, but I think they'll be happy if he's uh, trying to replicate triple doubles for the rest of the series. Yeah, so thirty-four and twelve for Kyrie, twenty-five and eleven for KD, eighteen, nine and eight for Bruce Brown, and the Nets won by seven. Like, mm. if you're the Celtics, you're thinking, "All right." I mean, we don't have Robert Williams. Bruce Brown called that out, and Kevin Durant <laughs> said, "Shut up, man." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I guess it's the caffeine talking. I thought that yeah. was a pretty funny caffeine way of putting courage. It. Was that no the... caffeine pride talking? Caffeine pride. Yeah. Never heard that. <laughs> no. Yeah, Bruce Brown. Uh, he finishes playing a, a basketball game and just has like a Coke. Or yeah. Something. <laughs> like, so I thought that was weird, but I mean, I, like we've seen uh, recently great games from Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and the Nets still lose. Mm. Yep. They played incredibly well last night. I mean, the, the Cavs did a great job to stay close and to keep it close, but it didn't really feel, I didn't feel like the Nets were threatened there. They're going to be threatened against the Celtics. It's like, you scored how many points last night against the Cleveland Cavaliers, who are fine? 115 points. Are you going to be able to stop the Celtics from scoring one, more than question. 115? I don't know. Um, so at the very least, it was like great win for the Nets. Uh, incredible performances from their stars. They got good performances as well from their role guys. Like Drummond had a good game. Claxton yep. had a good game. They made a, a shot threes incredibly well, but they had three other role players really st- step up. And they squeaked this one out. So if you're the Celtics, you're thinking... Long term, our depth is going to win out in the series as long as we don't get beat by, you know, 100 combined points from mm. their two best players. Nick Claxton hitting jump shots is, uh, that's found oh, money yeah. for the Brooklyn Nets. I mean, it was the end of the quarter or whatever, yeah. but still, uh, I thought he was good. But yeah, if you're the Celtics, you know, Marcus Smart's probably going to be your first job on Kyrie Irving. You got Derek White who can come out there. Jalen Brown's probably going to get a go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then obviously, Jason Tatum's probably going to start on, on Kevin Durant, I would think. I mean, the Nets have the best player in Kevin Durant in this series, but I think. Uh, the depth and the amount of different guys and the the you know those flexible switchy long arm guys are going to make it offensively way more challenging for Kyrie in this series than he than he saw last night against Brooklyn. Yeah, the scary part for me if I'm the Brooklyn Nets is who does Curry and Kyrie guard in the fourth quarter? I mean, they're just tiny. You, one of them can sort of hide on Marcus Smart. Yep. The other one has nowhere to hide. And yeah, I think you saw in the fourth quarter of this game, Karis LeVert was going at Kyrie Irving. They they. they continuously win at Kyrie on several possessions, but that's going to be Jalen Brown in the next series. I th- I think that's the big worrisome part. Mm. You play Curry, Kyrie. Sometimes you play Patty Mills. I, th- I think that's... Uh, Jalen Brown's going to have a big series, I think. I think that's where they miss ben-, ben Simmons, big time. At the end of this game, Kyrie, Curry are going to be on the floor. Uh, maybe Patty Mills is going to be on the floor. Who do they guard? So it's a combination of smart and... Freaking Jalen Brown. So that's the the scary part, I, I think. And and, and even um, Durant's got to guard Tatum, probably. That's that's his only matchup, mm-hmm. and that's and that's fine. But who else do they throw on Tatum when they want give Durant a little bit of Bruce Brown, Durant. probably. Yeah, and Tatum just shoots over him, probably. Yeah. Or they throw Kessler Edwards, the guy who had a very oh, very he, tough game in this oh, one. He, he's not going to be playing very much in this next series. He did not look ready. No, but but, but no. they dropped James John. They just yeah. dropped James Johnson, who was you know a good defensive player for Kessler Edwards. I, I just think about a guy that they're going to put on Tatum. It's Durant, and that's mm-hmm. it. Uh, and and yep. he's just got to play a ton, I guess, uh, because Kessler Edwards is not a great option. 
But, I, I, yeah, I think the Celtics just caused them so many problems defensively. I think Jalen Brown could have a monstrous series against mm. the, the Kyrie Curry Mills backcourt. And they, they're going to miss Robert Williams, but Horford there, we just know, defensively is way smarter than we give him credit for. Like, he's, he always knows the right position to be in. Him and Andre Drummond, that, that's, Andre Drummond's not going to cook him inside or anything mm-hmm. like that. So, so many advantages, I think, go in Boston's way in this series. Uh, any other random notes just from from Nets Cavs be, before we move on? We didn't have somebody gluing themselves. To no, the no glue. Oh, what, what else did you have? The Cavs need to start Kevin Love on Friday. Marking in, he ain't cutting it. Kevin Love completely changed the game for the Cavs. That's why they came back in the second quarter. He was playing the hardest of anybody out there. He was drawing two guys like on the glass. They had to send two guys to box him out. He tried to dunk on Nick Claxton yeah. like. Kevin Love has he dunked in the past three seasons? He was trying I, I to checked. Down. I actually checked. How many dunks does Kevin Love have this season? Surprisingly, he had five. Yeah, yeah I was going to say. I okay. don't think they're yeah. on anybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But uh, yeah, Markinen, he had a better second half. I thought you know he at least he scored in transition, but I thought that was crazy that JB Bickerstaff had him guarding Kevin Durant. Like he poked it from him a couple of times. Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> that if was you're, wild. If you're on offense, you want Laurie Markinen guarding yeah. your ball handler, and Bickerstaff was just running him out there. Yeah. I mean, it's Kevin Durant. Nobody's going to stop him, but Markkanen was bad. Markkanen was really bad. He just played incredibly soft. Yeah, he did. He hit the big three late, and he had another – I had a dunk inside, but that was sort of overall his game. He was just out of of his depth, I thought, there. They need him to be better because I think he can be better. I mean, he's he's a stretchy guy who can spread the floor a little bit there, but it wasn't good enough early on. I mean, look – they need Jared Allen to play. I think we'd mm-hmm. all agree with that in this Friday game. That would help. Even if he, even if he's limited, he's going to help. Okoro's got to do something. Jetty Osmond's got to do something. I mean, because Garland had a monster yeah. game. He played great. 30, I mean, I loved when he rattled home the three and was dapping up people in the front row. Mobley, for a rook, you know, shooting 9 of 13. Like, he had 19 and 7. I feel like he would have, like... There was a lot of times in the game I forgot he was out there, I guess, if that makes sense. That but happens. still, Definitely. it's not like he had a bad game. But, uh, yeah, the guys that you were saying, like uh, Markkanen, and, and I'm with you. It was sort of – it was incredibly love and Rondo there at the <laughs> second quarter that was, like, trying to get them back in the game uh, and at least uh, close the gap a little bit. But do you like their chances against either the Hornets or Hawks? I know it's tough to say because they don't know who they're playing yeah, yet. Yeah. But Again, you're at home, so I think, yeah. as we've seen, that that's a big advantage. Um, they should feel confident because both of these teams, Atlanta and Charlotte, have their vulnerabilities and weaknesses defensively. But having said that, it's open. It's absolutely open for all three of these teams. If it goes falls their way, whoever goes to Cleveland on Friday night, we've got to feel like this is a, a winnable game too. Uh, final other or a few other notes I have. Um, I think JD you have a photo. Ben Simmons maybe he is coming back to play Boston. We were in that Celtics green last night there, and I guess it's not leather according no. to Jared Greenberg. It's it's lamb. Well, you're not going to believe this, Skeets. <laughs> They can make leather out of lambskin. Yeah. Yeah, that's leather. <laughs> lambskin <laughs> leather. Yeah, there it is. So, uh, but yeah, I got the Celtics green there and uh, <laughs> just yeah. got a couple shots of him. What do you think, Lee? Uh, like I the fit? Think I, uh, no. Um, oh. I also think that wouldn't be all that comfortable sitting around a lot of sweaty guys. <laughs> uh, to me, it's not that breathable. So, it might be a little bit sticky there. But um, <laughs> Well, there are reports Knees that out. Simmons in practice is walking around oh. like he's Michael Jordan. <laughs> and, the, and the Nets put up a video of him knocking in shots the other day. Like, yeah. Hide that. Don't put that stuff out. All that's going to do. No, they shouldn't be doing no, that. He's he coming shouldn't back. be doing it because we've never seen him miss a social media shot ever. But we know that the whole reason he's in this position is because of things that happen in the place where he wouldn't shoot. So mm-hmm. don't put that out there. And him walking around like Jordan, like 
what? Well, in his defense, I don't think he's walking around going, look at me, I'm walking around like Michael Jordan. Some reporter saying that. I know, but it's just dumb. fist pumping all the time. Chewing gum. Cigar, got the bat. You want to be like that guy who's like, man, at practices, no one can get near me at practice. I don't play, I just practice. Weird, weird stuff. What is that report? I don't know. From Scoop B. The guy is literally playing one on O. Yeah, he's yes. not. He's not practicing. Yeah, he's just around the hoop, putting the ball up. He's not sprinting. He's not ready to play. Um, but he's, he's walking around. He's walking, <laughs> walking with around. the bravado yeah. of Michael Jordan. It's just uh, what that notoriously ultra uncompetitive person <laughs> who, uh, who always, always like put in his best efforts at practice and not in games. I mean, <laughs> um, well, speaking of uh, you know Jordan there in the '90s and his fame. I got a real kick out of uh, Tommy Heights, who we know because we worked with at Turner Sports, uh, is uh, one of the producers on the broadcast. And they named it Tommy Heights' 91-92 Nuggets Media Guide, which was showing Bernie Bickerstaff and Winston Garland. I, I just laughed out loud. It, it was like a real Lee Ellis. Yeah. Tommy Heights as Lee Ellis. Got the old media guy. Oh, Bickerstaff and yeah, Garland. Yeah, Here, yeah. Here's I've, the connection. I've got a hoop magazine with a, uh, a heading. Bernie Bickerstaff <laughs> has Sonics booming when he was coaching them. And uh, we Winston Garland, I remember from uh, one of the very first playoff games I ever saw. Jazz Warriors, big upset. The seven Warriors over the Jazz. Winston Garland <laughs> played. This is before the run TMC days. There you go. He was uh, he was their last point guard before Tim Hardaway. So that's, that's, that's why Heitzy puts that on the broadcast uh, yeah. for someone yeah, like yeah, you yeah, out there. Exactly. I like, you see that little moustache, the little yep. dad moustache <laughs> from the 80s that everyone seemed to have? Yep. It was awesome to see. Yep. So I, I'm surprised Winston Garland. I mean, uh, Darius is, what, only 20 something so he must, must have been an uh, older father but then I was too I was 35 so maybe it's uh, no different sure uh, <laughs> well you'll see him on Friday night because he attends the game so ah, he'll, awesome. he'll, he'll be awesome. there I'm sure they got to go back to this graphic <laughs> I, don't I don't know if TNT has the game on Friday I don't but. know if they do actually yeah I don't think I don't know it doesn't matter. Um, Jay-Z loved the stank, fa- uh, stank face reaction <laughs> yeah. to uh, we had a couple great Jay-Z reactions yeah. actually uh, so good stuff there Just reminded me of that one of LeBron that time remember with uh, I think Beyonce was there too where Jay-Z was like really like, oh, looking yeah, down yeah, the, yeah, yeah. the court that time where he had like a fade away yeah like, yeah, yeah. Fade away, yeah. Uh, and I just my, my final note is we always do this with like Steph Curry like one game just let Steph Curry shoot every single time, which would be fun to see. Uh, I'd love to see it with Kevin Durant, too. Because, <laughs> he's a passer. He's a passer. Oh, he's a passer. Yeah, but Kyrie would you saw as he took over there at the end, he's like, I'll hit these jumpers and we'll end this game. It's just like, he's unguardable. It's I would love to see him come down every time and just shoot the 16 to three-pointer shot wherever he wants to on the floor because it's not being stopped. Uh, and how many points could he accumulate? It'd be fun to see. Could was, he go for 100? Yeah, that's the question. He could easily. I, think he could. Uh, I thought it was hilarious. In the first quarter, you know, it was basically Bruce Brown and Andre Drummond were scoring for the whole first half of the yeah. quarter. And Van Gundy's on the call. He's like, Ugh. Cavs are doing a great job holding Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. They haven't taken a shot yet. And then the next thing you know, they were nine for nine mm-hmm. at the end of the first quarter. You're like, ooh, yeah, it's probably bad news when you're losing and the two stars haven't even gotten heated up yeah. yet. But, man. Kevin Durant felt like he was playing at about 75% capacity last night, and he completely dominated the game every moment he was out there. Great stuff. Yeah, I think the closest we've seen to Kevin Durant taking every shot was Game 7 last year against the Bucs. They just gave him the ball over and over. He played 53 minutes that game. He only scored, uh, what was that, a... Didn't he have, is he have the 49 monster? shots or something like that? Is that, <laughs> is that what it was? Did he have that many? No. That's no, no. <laughs> I don't remember, but it was a lot. 
And yeah, 30, I just mean thirty-six I, shots. I want to see him do it against like uh, the Thunder in you know <laughs> early April, late right. March, uh, just just for fun. I, yeah. I'd love to see Curry try it as well. Mm-hmm. Okay, anything else from uh, this game or you know Celtics Nets or Cavs versus the winner of tonight's Hornet Hawks? Uh, just found out Brad Roland on Twitter tonight's game sell out. Good thing we got our ticks. I know, I know. Already talked to our guy Larry. Oh, yeah? He's got seats. Oh, yeah? I said, you know where we'll be. Yeah, yeah. You know we're standing. You know our corner where we're parked. (laughs) Uh, We're the seventh. He's swinging by. Don't you worry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, he's bringing the entire Hawksboro section over to us. Uh, So I can't wait for tonight's tape. Seven o'clock start, too, isn't it? Yeah, great. Perfect. What time are you going to get there? You always early. Uh, like that. He's question. early. We yeah, didn't get our spot. That's, that's what I'm the saying. Thing. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah. box out. Standing box room out rules are first in. <laughs> first in, you got to stand there and just can't move. So Lee, we hey Lee, we need you tonight. I need you there six fifteen. <laughs> yeah. You know, bring some yeah. rope. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, okay, okay. <laughs> someone someone else beer. is on beer duty. I'll buy yeah, because, hey, you know, I'll buy beers. We got to be very when you, when we when we go into the toilets as well. We got to make sure someone's really yeah. holding our place there because yeah. people will uh, people will poach our spot for sure. For sure. All right. Uh, Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll get into Bucks, Bulls, Sixers, Raptors, and a whole lot more. Don't go anywhere. Spring is the best time to add new challenges to your training just in time for those warm summer days. Pool season's coming soon, so I've been hitting the weights with Peloton and my guy Adrian Williams trying to get my muscle on in order to expand my cannonball splash radius. Peloton's varying class lengths were designed with your training plan in mind. It's easy to personalize your workout. Whether you'd like to add a 10-minute core session at the end of your strength class or take a 60-minute power zone ride to increase your endurance, Peloton classes are designed to help focus on your needs and goals. There are a variety of classes like boot camps, boxing, full body strength, or marathon training, all created to grow your skills or push you to improve in what you already excel in. And their expert coaches and nonstop vibes will push you to new levels of strength and endurance, keeping you on your toes while giving you the professional coaching you need. Shout out to Adriana Aditi, Andy and Emma. I love you all so much. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has everything you need to get you where you're going. Get your head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. All right, back with No Dunks here in the Classic Factory. JD, I loved how you timed this, your return from vacation. You know, first day back here in the factory talking about great playing games. Well done, sir. I was skeptical at first. (laughs) Cutting it too close, JD, in my mind. Nope. You nailed it. Energy's high in the Classic Factory. Uh, You better believe it. Yeah. Uh, Doing big numbers here today, too. So if you're new to No Dunks on YouTube, Help us out. Like the video and subscribe. We do this every weekday. And who knows? Maybe on the play, maybe on the weekends. I don't know. Sometimes. I don't know. Just yeah, I think there. that's why Just JD actually timed it this way because there was some talk about maybe some evening post play. Oh. But he didn't show up after the first play in just <laughs> no. to make sure we didn't do it that way. Um, so, yes. I kid, I kid. Like, subscribe to No Dunks really help us out. Okay. We've uh, we've talked about the two playing games from last night. Let's get to some of the Eastern Conference series. Uh, we touched on them briefly earlier in the week, but let's preview them and make our predictions. Game one, Bucks Bulls, baby. I never know what to say. Do you say Bucks Bulls or Bulls Bucks? Do you put the higher seed first or the seed that's the visiting team first? I go back and forth. Yeah, I'm with you, Skeets. Uh, I sent a tweet today about the Bucks Bulls, and I put Bucks Bulls. You know, if you're talking about an individual game, you would say Bulls Bucks. 
<laughs> road <laughs> team first. But I think you got to give the honor to the team that earned the better I think team. You're right. When you're talking about the playoffs. I think here. you're right. Yeah. It's Bucks Bulls. Uh, game one this Sunday. April 17th, uh, 6.30 p.m. Eastern start there in Milwaukee. Let me just set you up here. Bucks went a perfect 4-0 against Chicago during the regular season. Uh, Giannis has not lost to Chicago in a very, very long time. Two of the games, though, this year decided by single digits. The other two blowouts. So we'll see if we get a more competitive series. Can't wait to hear Trey's thoughts. And uh, Bucks third in offense, 14th defense on the year. Uh, I probably have that wrong. Actually, scratch that. I forgot to update something, so don't worry about that part. But, Trey... Is this going to be more competitive, or could this be brooms for Milwaukee? Say it ain't so, Skeets. Say it ain't so. No brooms, por favor. <laughs> uh, key to this series and the potential X factor are one and the same. Can the Chicago Bulls discover time travel and go back to 2015 when they could actually beat Giannis Antetokounmpo in the playoffs? There were not a lot of good matchups for the Bulls once they dropped down into the 5-6 sort of zone. This one is particularly bad. Like you mentioned, Skeets, Bulls haven't beat a Giannis Bucks team since December 26, 2017. That's 13 straight games. So it seems a pretty tall task to beat them four times out of seven. I do think the Bulls can steal one game if everything goes perfectly according to plan. The Bucks, first of all, have to go cold from three-point land. They had 16 games this season where they shot 30% or lower. They went just 6-10 and 10 in those games, of course. One of those was against the Bulls, which the Bucks won. The second is that Patrick Williams has to hold up a little bit against Giannis, and that's kind of a silver lining for Bulls fans, as they actually get to see what Patrick Williams looks like going against Giannis, since theoretically he's going to be the guy that will guard him for the next four or five seasons. So it'll be cool to see if he has any sort of chance. I'm not super optimistic. And third, DeMar DeRozan really has to control the game and be on fire and then just go off in the fourth quarter. Basically the Bucks or the Bulls are going to have to outshoot the Bucks and hope that the that 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 DeMar is the best player in the fourth quarter and that he outshoots Chris Middleton most likely. So my head says Bucks in five. My heart says Bulls in six. <laughs> no, so if, if yeah. there's no sweep, maybe we get it. You said say it ain't so. Say it ain't so. Weezer performance? <laughs> uh, since we're getting the Werewolves of London performance. Oh, if London? the Bulls win, we get to hear you oh, play Weezer. Whole series? Yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. You got to do the yeah. whole album. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. I'm Sounds in. Good. I'm in it. In for it. I can be backup something. <laughs> backup vocals. Uh, listen, uh, I think the analysis on this series, I. I don't want to be simple, but I, I just don't believe the Buck in the Bulls being gritty enough to beat the Bucks. The 50-50 balls, I think, are going to be like 90-10 balls because the Bucks. that's what they do. I mean, they put it up on the glass. Even if they miss, we saw what they did in the postseason last year, and they, they would get extra possessions. Even if they don't shoot all that well, they're going to get extra possessions against the Bulls, who are a good defensive rebounding team. They, they are, but I think in the postseason, the second chance points, which the Bulls didn't allow, are probably not going to happen because they just – haven't had a really good defensive performance in a while. One of the last ones, going back and, and reading about the Bucks and the Bulls series was for their whole season was probably against the Bucks in like late January, January twenty first. There was the, the Grayson Allen game. That was probably mm-hmm. one of their better mm-hmm. defensive performances of the last two and a half months. So I just don't believe them in being tough enough. Now I think DeRozan, yeah, as he said, he's got to go off. But Drew Holiday for a series against DeRozan is going to be a problem. Uh, Drew Holiday is going to be his guy. Uh, and DeRozan, for, <clears throat> excuse me, his first playoff performance with the Bulls, looking forward to that. But we know his numbers 
aren't as good as they are in the regular season. Traditionally, you know, going back, it's actually he had a good a good series against the Nuggets with the Spurs in his last postseason performance. But you know, going back to his Raptors days, I don't know his numbers aren't going to go up. And I think you need yeah. the Bulls' offense to be better because <laughs> I, I just don't think they're going to be able to stop the Bucks all that well. I think their scoring has to be high. This is Levine's first postseason. He's not a hundred percent. He's sort of been up and down the last month. With no Lonzo Ball, the Bulls are going to have to outscore the Bucks. I just, I say five. Okay. I say five for the Bucks. So Lee, keys to this series or potential X factors. I mean, I think yeah. a part of it that sucks is we'd be more excited for this series hypothetically if the Bulls hadn't played like one of the worst teams <laughs> over the last stretch of the regular season. They yeah. were bad, very bad. And one of those problems is Vucci inside is just not big enough. Now he's probably going to have Brook and Giannis there, sort of just bouncing him out of the way there and that's going to be a problem I mean Vucci Baby's got to prove that all NBA ninth team selection yeah, yeah. Look, Vucci, I mean, he's big enough he just doesn't but, but play the thing is, Brooke like Lopez is enough. just like a, a gigantic human being yeah, you know? and then Giannis will just like get out of my way yeah. I'm dunking here now Vucci offensively he can stretch him out a little bit if he can hit that mid-ranger yeah. and step it out and hit some threes keep the offense going there he can at least counter what he's perhaps giving up at the other end I think though uh, for Chicago I mean Alex Caruso I think he has to have a huge series on a Middleton or a uh, a Drew Holiday someone like that he's been he's been really good when he's played for them giving them some good energy but it just feels like they just don't have enough to be able to really compete I mean Chris Middleton love him or hate him whatever you feel he has performed in the playoffs he was fantastic when Giannis went down last year against the Atlanta Hawks he was obviously very good for most of the series against the Phoenix Suns and Drew Holiday is just uh, he's just one of the most composed calm players on both ends of the floor you know he can get a defensive stop and he yeah. can, you're very comfortable with Drew Holiday having the ball in his hand late if the game is close but ultimately it comes down to Giannis like what, what, what can the Bulls possibly do to slow Giannis down other than hoping he misses but as we've seen Giannis is playing for 48 minutes even if the Bulls are having a really good game uh, so it's going to be tough I do think the Bulls I think it's very hard to sweep teams in these four games you know at a best out of seven series so I think the Bulls get one I think they get wow. one at home but uh, <laughs> but it's probably more Thanks, it, it might be their gentleman sweep though uh, oh you think so we're not getting a douchebag sweep no and just no, for no, those no, that no, don't no. know douchebag yeah. sweep is when the underdog yeah or really any team wins the first game yes but then you lose the next four. Yes, That's yes. the douchebag part because it's like, yeah. oh, they almost gave it to you at the beginning, real douchebags. Yeah. Get your hopes up, then kill you. The gentleman sweep, yeah. what we consider a gentleman sweep, is we take, you know, three our team games, takes yeah. the first three games. And yeah. as a gentleman, we offer you, usually it's at home, it's in yeah. your arena. Here is the fourth game. Uh, We're going of, home anyway. Yeah, like, and we'll take care of it in five. Yeah. Okay, so there. Uh, yeah. But you I, think it's gentleman sweep possible. That, that's where I think it is. Yeah. I mean, look, I think uh, if it's close, DeRozan has shown us this season that he can get the Bulls over the line. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. But they have to get it close enough for DeRozan to be able to execute, and that's where I think it's going to be tough. It feels like in you guys setting up this series, like so many things have to go perfectly for the Bulls. <laughs> yes. Good DeRozan, yes. good Levine, Caruso's got to get back to his dominant uh, defensive ways. Vucci's got to hit threes and do work inside. It's like all of this stuff in theory. Yeah, you add it up, the Bulls could win a, a game or two, but we you need everything to align. Whereas the Bucks, like I mean, they'll be able to win games even if. Middleton and the Ferris wheel is down one, right? Right. Because of Giannis and Drew and stuff like that, and their role players, and they've just been through they've been through these wars before, so they're not going to yeah. be phased up. Uh, be interested to see how the Grayson Allen Alex Caruso thing goes, because yeah. I think I think it's evened up, and in fact, it's gone the other way now. I think the Bulls are ahead in that series, but uh, 
what happens now? Does that become a factor? You know, does it become a bit of a, a, a an eye for an eye series? Is it going to get some physical stuff, some flagrants and things like that? Because uh, I think it's got the potential for it, and that could help Chicago for sure if, right. it, if, it, if it does get a little bit scrappy like that. Uh, anything else with this one? So, so your sad, your man, Bucks sad. and five trays. You know, he's a Bulls fan. Bulls and six. He's in Bulls and six. <laughs> I mean, they're not going to beat the Bucks at home in Game Seven. <laughs> but this is a real Brandon Jennings Bucks. In, uh, exactly. Bulls six, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Okay. And you're also saying you, you're five. calling the gentleman sweep. You're yes. saying Bucks and five. Yes. I'm going to go Bucks and five as well. I will say the Bulls take Game Three though to really get our <laughs> so guy what's excited. That one? Well, no, That's just nothing. That's no, just but you did do a whole breakdown. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. The game. Three win. Yeah. I forget what that one would be called. I'll be there, though. You're going to go for that one? Yeah. Oh, then they're dead. Lock it in. Friday night. Awesome. Yeah. Took forever to finally announce it, but Friday night. Nice. The 20, whatever that is. What's okay, so you're, are, are we going to have you on the drop 22nd. podcast and you're flying after the 21. show? Second. Oh, 22nd. Sorry. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I booked my I booked my flight a couple of days ago, and I booked it for Thursday in the middle of the day because I didn't know when they, they hadn't uh, announced the games yet. I was like, it's going to oh. be Thursday, Friday, or Saturday. I'll be home for all of them. Um, so, yeah. Game three, <laughs> catch me wilding out. Oh, I just guilted. I just guilted my buddy Adam. He was like, I got a school. He told me he's like, if you fly home, I'll go to the game with okay. you. I'm like, cool, that's awesome. I booked my ticket. He said, awesome, I'm in. Then today I said, all right, games on Friday. He said, oh, I committed to a thing at school. Oh no! <laughs> and I never break my commitments. I said, you committed to me too. Mm-hmm. So he broke his commitment at school. <laughs> Shout out to my guy Adam. Let's go, Bulls. Put the Bulls above the, awesome. the kids' future. I love it. But a Friday yeah, night Friday event. Yeah, Friday night school thing. Yeah. School. <laughs> Not important, I guess. <laughs> All right, so let's hear from the stream team. Let's hear your predictions. Uh, who do you like in this one? Are you siding with TK? Can the Bulls pull off the upset? Or do you like the Bucks? And if so, how many games? Is it a sweep? A lot of people are picking this one in sweep, I've seen. Uh, seeing a lot of Bucks in five. Maybe think uh, Chicago can uh, stretch it out a little bit longer. Okay. Let's get to the other series in the East that we know and are very excited about. Saturday, April 16th, 6 p.m. Eastern start. Game one, Sixers, Raptors. It's in Philadelphia at the Wells Fargo Center. Um, what do you What do you got here, Tass? Where do you want to go? Raps have been hot. That's the thing. Like, yes, the Sixers have more wins, but the Raptors, 34 and 17, basically since we went over to 2022, and seven and two against the top four teams in the East, including two wins against the Sixers here recently. So. What do you think of this one? What's the key to the series? Well, yeah, people look at that record, that 34-17 and 17 record there in their last 51 games and say this team is probably a good regular season team, but the Sixers are going to have the best player on the floor that is unstoppable. Uh, it's going to be tough for the Raptors to slow down Embiid. Now, they got a bit of a template from watching the way Carl Anthony Towns was guarded. They got to throw so many of their 6-9 bodies at him, and they're they're going to do a good job of that. But Embiid should win his minutes when he's on the floor. He just he just should. And he will. Uh, he's done that against the Raptors. I don't know if they can sign Marcus Gasol back uh, for game one, but they don't have a guy that can guard him. That being said, uh, the Raptors just are going to be resilient when Embiid goes to the bench. I think Embiid just got to play a lot because uh, they shouldn't feel comfortable that James Harden's going to pick up that slack as the secondary guy. Mm. And the Raptors... Um, are going to throw so many different 6-9 bodies at him to try and speed him up. He hasn't looked great. Now, I think Harden will probably be good to start the series if we look back at the Harden series in the past. Game one, game two, feeling good. Uh, things just kind of go downhill from there. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I'm uh, uh, I'm buying in the Raptors. Pascal Siakam has just been playing so, so well. And of course, he can't match Joel Embiid as a star. But I think he's going to have a really good series. It's going to be interesting to watch the first two games if they put Matisse Thibel on him because Matisse Thibel 
can't go to Toronto and play because of the vaccination requirements. So that, I think, is going to throw off the Sixers a little bit. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know who really guards Siakam. Of course, Tobias Harris will get some minutes, but uh, Siakam has just looked really, really, really good. So I'm buying the ensemble is when it comes down to it. What we we saw uh, in the last game recently with the Raptors taking care of the Sixers, throw a lot of bodies in Embiid, win the non-Embiid minutes, and uh, just get freaking creative. Chris Finch got creative, uh, you know, helping out uh, Carl Anthony Towns, finding a way. Nick Nurse, he's going to find a way to throw bodies at Joel Embiid. I, I just mentioned that because I, I like the, the Nick Nurse factor in this series. Sometimes when you got guys like four guys, let's say, you know, having their eyes on Embiid, it, it keeps everyone engaged. Mm-hmm. It, and, and this is a big series for... There's five, six, seven, eight guys for OG Ananobi, for the three-point shooters just waiting for Pascal Siakam to make a play. The Raptors are deeper, and uh, I just believe – just, it's just – that's more of a belief thing. I mean, Embiid should should dominate and should win this series, but I'm just buying the Raptors' uh, vibes, defensive tenacity, and depth. Well, Shu had a great breakdown, his little preview for NBA.com, and talking about how the Sixers bench could determine the series, what you're talking about there with Embiid. When he goes to the bench, they fall apart. In each of their two post-All-Star losses to the Raps, Embiid recorded a positive plus-minus with the Sixers outscoring Toronto by 15 points in his total 75 minutes. These were the two regular season games. Philly was outscored 61-36 to in Embiid's 21 minutes on the bench in those two regular season games. If that sounds familiar against the shoe, it's because the Sixers were outscored by 109, 109 points in 99 minutes with Embiid off the floor back in the 2019 conference uh, semifinals where Kawhi ultimately hit the shot in the corner. And that was the story there. Embiid was awesome. When he was out there, Sixers would win or lead. And when he would go to the bench, it would all be given back because, mm-hmm. you know, they just couldn't hold on to it because of the Raptors' depth and stuff like that. So... That's why you go get James Harden. In theory, right? Like Harden, he has to be he has to be either the second or third best player in the series and prove that he's got this extra gear that we're like, oh, maybe he's just saving it. Or maybe he doesn't. Oh, I that's haven't seen me. any evidence that he does no. still have it. And that's Especially concern. against a Raptors def- yeah. defense, yeah. And he just seems to have been after his initial burst when he got in Philadelphia. They, they had a bit of a soft schedule. He looked good. But since then, he's kind of looked like... And the last game against the Raptors, he was like, yeah, I just, I'm just not in it. I'm just not feeling it. And he had 15 assists in that game. People say, well, he's distributing. But he needs to be way more aggressive scoring the ball and taking it at defenders. And this is another problem. If you look at who the Raptors can put on James Harden, like an OG Ananobi. Well, Barnes will probably start on him. Probably, but uh, you've got so many guys who can just get there and physically can get right in his uh, space. And because he doesn't seem to have that explosiveness anymore, he's not blowing past guys like Ananobi. And then I love OG at the other end. When he came back from the injury, his health is going to be a bit of a concern because he's missed a lot of time there. Mm-hmm. But in the five games he did come back, he was shooting the three ball really well and just giving the Raptors another another body, another defender, another guy who can spread the floor. Fred's the same. I think that's the concern here for the Raptors. Are these guys 100% healthy? Fred's played a ton of minutes. He's he's had a lot of missed games towards the stretch here. He's going to have a big series. I like. I, I said I said the uh, Raptors are going to devour Philadelphia in the series. <laughs> I mean, you can't say that and then say, well, I picked the Raptors in seven. So I have to pick them basically oh, in five back. or six uh, because 
normally you would say best player in the series is what you want on your team. And I think Philadelphia has that. But when he's not on the floor, I think then the gap is enormous between the mm-hmm. two teams and heavily favors Toronto right. in that sense. So, Where it's so different when Siakam is not out there, yeah. who's by, been by far the Raptors' best player for the last couple of months. It's not like they completely exactly. fall apart because exactly. they have all these crazy like Precious and Boucher and Burt's going to give you minutes and Thaddeus Young. It's and like, the other wow. thing, the other thing, like when you look at Embiid, you know, as great as he can be, I think he does wear down when he has to play 43, 44 minutes because his body just he can't. It's not like Giannis who seems to grow another another you know physical size when he gets out there. <laughs> um, you know, we've seen that and, and Embiid. He's probably looking at this series going, man, I am going to have to carry these guys. And that's not a good sign for Philadelphia, especially, again, when we know Doc Rivers has had some playoff mess-ups more than you know anybody else. You mentioned Harden already. Tobias Harris is another guy that I'm like, oh, God, I wouldn't be relying on him to get you through a series. <laughs> and then you got Niang. But he, but he will probably have a game or two. Uh, of course he, he will. Of course. He, he's got to win that one, though. He's, yeah. he's, he's yeah. The, uh, the Chris Middleton light Ferris yeah, wheel. Yeah, for sure. It's like, it's like, there are times where you're like, yeah, he had 34 and 12 and was really good, and then he just doesn't impact the game. So And Maxi here is in like his first real like important series, yeah, too. He he's can't been, be their second best player, though. As good as he is, yeah. I love Maxi, but they, he's got to be their fourth best player at minimum I think because mm. um, I just think you've got to see the veterans step up and I don't have a lot of uh, faith in those veterans so uh, I'm, I'm sticking to the devouring can six be a devourer Probably I mean not, I guess really. I guess six could be a devourer if there's like a couple blowouts in there yeah, maybe uh, the six yeah. are squeak out a close one I could still look at that as a devouring but go but the Tybal thing as well is huge Tybal is a brilliant defender you know he gets in those passing yeah. lanes he's long he can cause guys like Gary Trent problems who Gary Trent I think is a bit of an X factor there for the Hell Raptors yeah. um, so if he can't play in two potentially three games in this series that's going to be massive. They haven't got anybody who can replace what Tybal does. Now, Tybal offensively is almost the complete opposite. He can't hit that three-pointer. He's not a reliable shooter. He can fill the lanes. He should do more of that. But the Sixers offensively uh, aren't relying on him. They're relying on him hugely for defense. Yeah. It's interesting you say that because I've, se- I've seen some people wonder, is it actually to the detriment of the Raptors if Thibault can't play <laughs> because of what Nurse can do and how creative he can get of leaving a guy like mm. him? Yeah, he's awesome defensively, but you can sort of uh, just totally forget about him. And that sometimes fits into the game plan of what Nurse wants to do and run bodies at guys and doubling and bead. But we will see. Trey, what are your thoughts on, on the Sixers-Raptors here? This is definitely a styles make fights kind of matchup, it feels like, because for as much as we're saying the Raptors are a bad matchup for the Sixers with their depth and their athleticism, like Embiid is a terrible matchup for the Raptors. They got nobody that guards them, so it's kind of feels like this comes down to the eight minutes a game that Joel Embiid doesn't yeah, play. Yeah. Like, can the Raptors so win enough in those eight minutes? Because even if you look at the playoffs, like last year when it was coming down to it for the Sixers, like Embiid was going like 42 minutes in a game seven. There's an opportunity there where he has to go to the bench at some point. It'll either be Paul Reed, maybe DeAndre Jordan. I mean, Doc maybe. Rivers has said this. He's yeah. like, we're gonna go, we're gonna go Jordan if it's a big, and <laughs> yeah. we're gonna maybe yeah. go Paul Reed if it's yeah. Yeah, Nick Nurse will find a guy to yeah. leave in this series. Like, yeah, Matisse Thybul won't be there. He'll find a guy. Yeah. To- so, so it comes down to like Embiid's minutes. It, he's got to stay out of foul trouble as well. And I don't necessarily know if there's somebody on the Raptors who's going to get him into foul trouble. Maybe that's when the, the Tybal uh, absence comes into play is in those games three and four. Maybe Siakam's at the rim a bunch. Embiid picks up a couple of quick ones and suddenly they're playing a James Harden-led lineup for more than they're comfortable with. So his scoring, I'm with you, Lee, is an X factor. And then Niang, Harrison, Green making three-pointers, I think is yeah. going to be huge for the 76ers as well because Nick Nurse is going to get funky with it defensively. It'll 
it'll be hard for Joel Embiid, even when he's playing, it'll be hard for James Harden. It's going to just be tricky to to get shots. Surely their three-point shooters are going to be open. We've seen Danny Green be one of the streakiest shooters out there. Mm. Tobias Harris as well. And Niang has had some good games, but if he's not hitting, he's kind of a detriment to your team. So their three shooters have got to shoot, and it's going to be tight. You know, like, is Embiid good enough to win it in 40 minutes? Yeah. A lot of the times he is. I think the, the Sixers have won his minutes when he's on the court in five of their last seven matchups against the Raptors. So yeah. <laughs> four minutes a half are going to be very, very harrowing for the Sixers, it feels mm-hmm. like. Yeah, and I, I continuously say, you got to play and beat more. got to play and beat more. But I'm with you in that it's probably like a 40-minute barrier. Yeah, you he's can't. Not, he can't play. He's not like a KD-built no, guy. I mean, no, you can't play just, 40 minutes. You just can't. <laughs> no. And so... Those minutes, it is weird analyzing a series and talking about it that way. But, yeah, those minutes are obviously key. But I think Joel Embiid just looks at James Harden and just wants him to be a little Jimmy Butler-like, a little bit more like the Harden that they expected. And there's a funny video. uh, Well, it's funny if if you interpret it as funny with uh, James Harden practicing the last couple days shooting threes and Joel Embiid just sitting on the baseline just watching. What's this guy going to do? You're just watching him shoot threes. And really, if James Harden is anywhere close to yeah. MVP level, yeah. they could have the two best players in yeah. the series. That's and, it to me. And that's the scary part. So I think we'll see some good Harden games to start this series. But, yeah, the Raps literally have four starters that they can throw at him and rotate with Barnes, Siakam, OG being the three main guys. And then Fred is, you know, he's he's a pest. He's a, he's a bull, and you can't move the guy. So I think he will be... He'll be tough to play against the deflections. It's Harden just has to make up his mind and just you know toss some shots up. Hope he gets some foul calls and. Oh, they'll live at the going. line. There'll be a lot of that. There'll be time yeah. for rest with a guy shooting free throws for a beat yeah. to be like hunched over grabbing his shorts because he's gonna have to play a lot. <laughs> be also interesting to see how Nurse attacks Harden defensively. Yeah, and just yeah. say, all right, whoever he picks up, you just keep running, keep running, go straight at the paint because that's another problem Harden has where he just checks out defensively. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, this is, they got him. They, they got him. They, they <laughs> got him. Well, that's the thing. I mean, even Sixers fans, I'm sure they're hoping Philly wins, of course. Yeah. This is a nice little, call it whatever, a rivalry, I guess, sort of brewing here between these two teams in the same division. But if you're betting on James Harden oh, in a playoff series to come through four to seven times, like, I'm going to bet against that, especially what I've seen from Harden over the last couple of weeks, which is why also homework card being played, of course. I think the Raptors. I think the Raptors can win the series, of course. I think it's going to be close, though. Very, very close. And it will probably be these fringe players, mm. the Tobias Harris's, the OGs, the Gary Trents, you know, the Niangs even, like, who pops off in particular games here. Because uh, the stars should be good. Embiid's going to be a monster. I think Siakam can outplay Harden. I think Van Vliet, depending on his health, can outplay Maxi. And then it's we get into these, like, sort of role players. I, I, I'm going to go Raptors in seven. Mm. I think this is going the distance, and uh, I'll take the road team to win in Philadelphia, which mm. is maybe a little weird, but that's where that's where I go. Raps in seven. I'm going back to my devouring prediction. Okay. I say Raptors in five. Raptors. I, I honestly do feel wow. way better that about uh, Toronto than than I do okay. about Philadelphia. Yeah. There's a, a lot of questions there. Okay. Uh, are you going to classic Raps in six? What do you feel? Yeah, I'm going to yeah. go classic Raps in six. <laughs> okay. I, I do think the Sixers are going to be better than we expect. I do think Harden's you know, saving it a little bit for the postseason. Why, why do you say that? Why, why, honestly, I'm just curious. Why do you say that? Because, because, I guess I also think it's somewhere well, deep down inside, but because, why? Because Harden, is, as much as we criticize him in big moments, in fourth quarter moments where he was the number one guy, he doesn't have to be the number one guy on this team. You know, he's going to pass off over and over and over again in the fourth quarter to Embiid. 
He just has to get them there to the fourth quarter, which yeah, right. he has. So he has to has play it. those minutes when Embiid's off and lead that team yeah. and not and be better give up a lead. and be yeah. better than he has been the last month. Yeah. He he just can't look like that guy. And I'm I would worry if I was Daryl Morey making this deal for sure. You know, 32 year old with that hamstring injury from last year. I, don't, I he doesn't have the burst. I I get that, uh, but for one series. It could happen either way. I'm not taking them. No way. I'm okay. taking the Toronto Raptors in six. And Trey. I got to swerve. Got to swerve here. Wow. Sixers did lose a game seven at home last year in the playoffs to Trey Young. Uh, but I'm going to go with the Sixers in seven. Well, okay. So a tight series here. Competitive yeah. Series. Yeah. A competitive series. I think uh, Embiid and Harden should be at their freshest playoff wise cause it's the first round so <laughs> they had I mean, a week off <laughs> yeah exactly they had a week off you should be good to go 40 minutes a night uh, at this point so i think the high-end talent's gonna matter a little bit if my prediction holds and they do it in five <laughs> yeah i am excited to see the philadelphia crowd's reaction if harden oh. is like you know bricking it and just not putting it it'll be incredible oh yeah that'd be a game five at home yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Woo. uh okay let's hear from the stream team who do you like in this one obviously see a lot of people picking the raptors some six fan saying yeah you got Embiid we'll see what you get from Harden let us know who you got winning this series very excited for this one not excited though I gotta admit to start standing in front of the television again during Raptors game <laughs> you're gonna get practice tonight man I am in standing remotely yeah, exactly. uh, set situation at the Hawks game yeah it's just can't yeah. do 48 minutes anymore I just yeah Body's I'm older smart. you're right get a yoga mat <laughs> I know it's more stand I'm standing I'm not no, stand I, on a dish I can definitely uh, still stand I'm uh, really not that old man but you're running marathons the, I hope you can stand the anxiety is just uh, yeah. the living and dying with every possession it's, mm-hmm. I, do, it's I'm not, I don't know if I'm mentally ready right now so oh, we'll see what happens why don't you uh, glue your feet to the floor <laughs> then you won't move. I should glue my hands to the ceiling. <laughs> <laughs> Bat style. Just hanging. <laughs> uh, all right. Can't wait to uh, start breaking down these series as they kick off on the weekend. We're going to take uh, one more break. Before we go to break, like the video, subscribe to Nonox on YouTube, and when we come back, we don't have Tweet of the Night. No. Get out of here. Trey. Hey, Gareth. Get, get, the guitar. get the guitar. Get the guitar. Trey is going to play the uh, the Timberwolves of Minnesota, the Werewolves of London remix. I don't go anywhere. I got to get something off my chest. Nothing drives me crazier than sending a message to a group chat and getting no response. That's why I'm a big emoji responder. Love a hang loose hand or a salute. But man, it hurts when you send a message and get nothing back. Ouch. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Therapy isn't just for those who've experienced major trauma. It's helpful for learning positive coping skills and how to set boundaries. It empowers you to be the best version of yourself. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. visit betterhelp.com slash no dunks today to get 10 percent off your first month that's better h-e-l-p.com slash no dunks this episode of no dunks is brought to you by BetterHelp. All right, back with No Dunks in the Classic Factory. No tweet of the night tonight. No, Trey Kirby promised the Wolves fans out there that if Minnesota 
actually made the playoffs, not the playing game, they had to get into the playoffs, that you, in working on practicing the Werewolves of London remix, the Timberwolves of Minnesota, you would bless us with a rendition. Yeah, I think it started, I said, uh, if the Wolves go to the conference finals, I'll play it. But I saw that they're only one win shy of however many wins they had during the entirety of 2004. So I think this counts. Um, I've never played a guitar and sang in front of people before. Huh. <laughs> also doing? never played this guitar before. Mm. Also never sat and played and sang this song before. <laughs> JD, let's give it a shot. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Trey Kirby doing uh, the Timberwolves of Minnesota. Timberwolf with the Chinese menu in his hand. Oh, yeah. Walking through the streets of St. Paul in the rain. He was looking for a place called the Target Center. Trying to get a big dish of beef chow mein. Ah, ooh, Timberwolves of Minnesota. Ah, ooh. Ah, ooh. Wolves of Minnesota. Ah, you hear him hollering around your kitchen door. You better not let him in. Little old lady glued her hand to the floor last night. Timberwolves of Minnesota again. Ah, Timberwolves of Minnesota. Ah, ooh. Ah, ooh. Timberwolves of Minnesota. Ah, <laughs> Keep it going. This is the guitar solo. Yeah, guys. Email in your NBA questions to nodunksattheathletic.com. You keep going. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, at nodunks. Wrap it up, buddy. Come Get yourself back. an athletic subscription. <laughs> Go to theathletic.com slash nodunks. Yeah, it's the Harry Hander Jet. Ran a mocking cat. <laughs> Lately, he's been overheard in Minneapolis. You better stay away from him. He'll rip your lungs out, Finch. Yeah. I'd like to meet Glenn Taylor. <laughs> ah, ooh, Timberwolves of Minnesota. Ah, ooh. Ah, ooh. Minnesota. Drop your awoos in the Ah, street team. Well, I saw Anthony Edwards walking with KG. I didn't realize he was going to do the lyrics. Doing the Timberwolves of Minnesota. I saw Carl Anthony Towns walking with KG. Doing the werewolves of Tim Minnesota. (laughs) Sure. I saw D'Angelo Russell drinking a pina colada at Trader Vic's. His hair was perfect. Yup! Ah, Timberwolves of Minnesota. Ah, ooh. Ah, Timberwolves of Minnesota. Ah, Yeah! You thought the 
it on TK. Putting it down. Good stuff. I didn't realize you were doing the whole lyrics. Yeah. Like, oh my goodness. I thought you were just playing the guitar. Ooh, ooh, ooh. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. How'd that feel? Nailed it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, we're going to see you tomorrow here live at 10 a.m. Eastern from the Classic Factory. Yeah, take us out, take TK. Us out. Until then, Clipper Bros. You heard it here first. Have a great time. Turn up. Love you guys. Awesome. None of that was planned. The bridge worked perfectly. You are set, setting <laughs> up true. our emails. JD just got back from vacation. <laughs> Doesn't get much better than this. We're taking our shirts off as soon as the cameras are done rolling. Embrace the day, people! <laughs> <laughs>